For GateWorld.net, I am David Reed, and I am on the telephone with Atlantis executive producer and a man I am proud to call my friend, Mr. Martin Garrow. Martin, thanks for being with us once again, sir. Uh, Good to be here. Uh, On the telephone. Yes, on the phone. Good to be Uh, here where I already was, I guess. I want to start off with um, YPF, first of all. It's come out on DVD. It, it um, has. How has the how have the sales been? You know, how has the reaction to the film been on now that it's on DVD? How did the theatrical run do? Uh, the theatrical one run did really extraordinarily well in Canada and some other territories. It did less well for a bunch of reasons uh, here in the states, but it's uh, it's on DVD now and and people can see it or as they have been doing, uh, downloading it legally from the internet, which uh, you know. Sure, that happens. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you get a chance, the, the one that is the most loaded with special features and stuff is the Canadian Blu-ray edition. There's a whole bunch of different editions of the DVD out there. Collect them all! But the Canadian Blu-ray DVD one is, is pretty, uh, it's a pretty good one. Really? Anything particular on that that you care for? Uh, no, it's just, got, it's just got, it's got some cast auditions and a behind-the-scenes featurette, and, and uh, it's, it's got the commentary. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good DVD. Blu-ray. I mean, all of us, you know, want to see Sonya Bennett's pores, you know, so I, I guess the, the Blu-ray edition is going to be, like, the It comes across movie. extraordinarily well. I mean, it was a film designed to be on, on a big screen, you know, in the theater, so it... it uh, you know, I, I agree. It's kind of an odd choice for Blu-ray. Usually, you think, "Well, it's going to be an action adventure or something," but uh, it's a, it's a you know, I think it's a pretty good-looking movie, so it, it actually does translate pretty well. The theatrical release wasn't like as wide as something like you'd get for Wally or or you know one right. of these other big American. Well, it was in Canada. In Canada, right. it got a full wide release. It was in uh, I think twenty or twenty or so cities, and uh, was by the end of it on you know about a hundred screens, which is a lot for for Canada. We're small. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, it, we we and we did quite well there, and uh, the DVD sales have been going so well that uh, we're talking potentially about a, a sequel doing a, a two and a three. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. Like with new with new casts or we haven't and figured new out ideas? what the hell those are going to be. It's just it's just very successful. Mm-hmm. So they would everyone would like to continue making money, and we we got to figure out how to do that. I, I would not write or direct them, uh, but uh, I have I have. Uh, some people in mind, and, and would would definitely keep my uh, my hands in there. For like a, pro- you'd probably carry hold on to like producing rights. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I um I will not hide the fact I've I've seen this movie and I have thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, it, it surprised me in um some ways. I I think it's safe to say that uh, two of the five um storylines uh have sad endings. Um, mm-hmm. was that, was that your intent from the beginning? Did, did you and, um, oh, help me out here. Aaron. Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Did you and Aaron, um, go, start at the beginning saying to yourselves, okay, this is exactly how I want these characters to end by the, by the end of this movie. Or did you find yourselves organically drawn to those directions? Like the, uh, I'm, I'm not sure well, the names we had, of- I mean, like, you know, without getting too specific with people that haven't seen the movie there, there are some that make sense to end unhappy. You know, it was just being true to that situation. Uh, and a uh, good thing about, um, you know, doing a movie that has, has five stories in it is that you can kind of be true to the situation. And because uh, I really, you know, I know, you know, in romantic 
comedies, there's occasionally, you know, they won't get together at the end, and, and you know, you'll be like, well, it's realistic. And you're like, yeah, but we're at a movie, and now I'm walking out of a romantic comedy bummed. Yeah. Way to go, guys. But we got to be, I think, true to the situation, because you, you could have a couple that turned out great, and you could have some that turned out bad, but the, the, in all, it would feel like a full, full end. I remember when you you first contacted me, telling me that you were working on this. And I mean, you know me. I'm I'm going to give you my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I still think that the title cheapens the film a little because I, I I know like the reason one of the reasons that I'm sure that you picked it was so that you would obviously get a little bit more of a buzz about it. People obviously were talking about it. I mean, it was all over ET Canada, for instance. Um, do you think at the end of the day? Um, that the the uh, the title of the movie is still justified, or do you think that going back and doing it again, maybe you would have picked it like a, a little less abrasive title because it really is an outrageous title. No, I would never have done that. I, I don't regret the title for a second. In fact, the okay. title has given me a future career. So uh, you know, like a lot of people are like, well, the title's very just attention getting. Yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, but that's what a title is. Yeah. That's why we title things. Otherwise, it would just be movie one, movie two, movie three. A title that that title did everything it was supposed to do. And it's not like it's not like you know it's called young people, and then it's it's about something else. Like we just did that as a trick. It is a fair representation of what the movie is. Right, but and, it's not what it really is about. You know. Well, no, it is. I think, Dave. I mean, I well, think it's, what it is about is it's about five sets of couples who think all they want to do that night is f- And what the movie is about is how uh, trying to remove that from love is impossible yeah, and really difficult. So uh, I think the movie, I mean, like, I certainly can't think of a, uh, like, you know, I, I used to make the joke that I was like, you know, we, it would not have been successful if we had called it Bedtime Stories, and now they're actually making a movie called Bedtime <laughs> Stories, so we, we would have been screwed. <laughs> Good luck to them. Um, but, um, uh, but no, I don't, I don't regret the title for, for a second. Look, I mean, the subject, you know, it's better to be honest, to be upfront about the subject matter. And cause you know, I think a lot of people, you know, did as many people in their sixties go to see the movie as they would have if, if it had not been called that maybe, yeah. but I'm not sure those people would have gone to see it anyway, yeah. you know, well, it certainly opened many more doors than it closed. Right. I can see your perspective on that, but had I not known you and known right. who you were and heard the title, I would not have seen this film, but had I seen the trailer without yeah. seeing the title, I would have been one of the first people at the door because it is such a sensual and, uh, it is a movie for our time, you know. It's really talking about something that we don't talk about nearly enough. Yeah, and... I don't know that that's true. By the way, I mean, like the life of a movie is uh, very long, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to be true to it. And so, you know, you maybe not, wouldn't have seen it uh, if you, you know, hadn't have known me. But you know, maybe in you know ten years from now, <laughs> you know, you. <laughs> You, find, you see an actor in that movie that's in another movie, or maybe I make another movie, or whatever, and you go back and you're like, oh, what else have they done? You know, yeah. I think in movies get seen. I'm, I'm certainly not saying everyone in the world will see this movie, but again, you know, like it, 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 it was, it was, I think, important for us. Look, I mean, I'll just even go right down to this. We, IMDb, which is a big internet movie database, a lot of people know about it. it, it it's kind of a industry standard, and they track. Uh, Buzz for movies, basically. Yeah. Not only on their site, but just in there. They have this called the movie meter, right? Yeah. 
So our little movie, our little tiny Canadian movie, the second it, you know, it uh, got a, uh, our DVD rip was, you know, one of the most downloaded films uh, that week, period. Now, that's given its name. But, and we shot to number 11 on IMDb, which, you know, we were ahead of giant movies that were out in the theater. You were number 11, Martin? I didn't know that. Yeah, we were number 11 on IMDb. That's extraordinary. Yeah, so I mean, like it, 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 it. The the title is the reason all those people saw that movie. Now, whether they watched the first ten minutes and just turned it off, that's my fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that title got them to the movie, and it was, you know, I think a lot of them watched it. Our, our message boards just exploded, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and the, you know, listen, I, I'd rather do something that people had a, an opinion about than no opinion at all. So I mean, if if there are people that hate it and think it's crass and, you know, don't think we should be making movies about sex and fine, but at the end of the day, I, I stick by the title. But at least they care, you know? Yeah, they exactly. certainly didn't have to. <laughs> have you always wanted to direct, or was this something that you told yourself, if I, look, if I never do this, I'll always regret it, and you found that you loved it? How, how did this work out for you? No, I always, I always wanted to direct. I mean, that's that's kind of why I got into everything. I mean, I originally started out when I was a kid. I thought I wanted to be an actor, and um, uh, uh, let that go. Because yeah, we saw what of... that looks like in the Stargate special feature. Yes, exactly. I'm not very good, so uh, <laughs> you know, I get very uncomfortable. And so, um, no, I, I uh, you know, I'm I'm a fine actor. I think I I am. I could do a very limited area of fine and um uh but at the end of the day the the whole being out of control of your entire life is just not something that appeals to me in any way mm-hmm. and um so i started directing when i was in high school plays uh and then i thought well i'd like to obviously be a movie director how do i do that i don't know anyone who will write me a movie and so i just started writing and mm-hmm. and uh it was by pure coincidence that, I mean, it's a lot easier to take a risk on someone as a writer than it is to take a risk on someone as a director. So um, I was just fortunate enough to have, you know, uh, the career that I've had, which is which has been all because of writing. Mm-hmm. But but at the end of the day, uh, you know, producing and directing is kind of what gets me up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Some writers feel, and I, I've talked with a couple about this, feel that directing should be left specifically to trained directors. Do you ever get the feeling that some of the directors, not necessarily at Stargate, but directors that you've met are saying to themselves, uh-oh, here comes another producer to take my job. Because everyone wants to direct. Because I've directed and I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. Everyone does want to direct, but all that, I mean, all that means is everyone wants to be in charge. Which is fair. <laughs> everyone, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, and you know, I, I think really good directors, and I, I, I hope I'm one of these. You know, this is learning from guys like Andy and Will and Martin. I mean, they they're very much in charge, but they, uh, you know, it's a team effort, and the whole team feels like they are playing an integral role. They're not just a cog in the director's wheel. And so, you know, it's a, uh, you know, there's a gajillion metaphors, but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, the best ship captain in the world can't win the America's Cup if they, they got a crew that's not motivated and feeling like it's their boat too. You know, that's by the way my first professional sailing. Uh, sailing? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the first time I've used professional sailing in a metaphor. <laughs> okay. yes. First time for everything. <laughs> yeah, just saw the movie Wind. 
good one. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Okay. You told us a while back about uh, your Atlantis directing debut. You're telling us, slot 16, you know, be lo- on the lookout for it. And so yep. we've been looking forward to Brainstorm for some time. Uh, right. What started I, you I off? I mean, it's probably a tremendous letdown. Oh, hey, just <laughs> stay away from Podcast 20. That's all I'm going to say. No. We'll do now. No, no, no. It's no. I, I, there, there were things about it that I loved and things about it that I didn't like. Um, okay. But, but I think that's pretty fair. Um, what started you off on the idea for this episode? Did you create a story you specifically wanted to direct, or was it simply that you found yourself directing one of your own stories and that it, it just fell into that? Story? No, I knew I was going to write the one that I directed only out of the kindness uh, to my other writers' friends. I did not want to screw up one of their episodes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I felt if I'm going to screw one up, it might as well be mine, and then no one will be like, that's not how it should have been. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I really... Uh, I really wanted to do something with Jewel and David because uh, um, uh, they are, you know, they're they're two of my favorites, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, socially outside uh, as well as professionally. Oh, I know. And and um, um, and uh, and I wanted to do something um, that uh, you know potentially was Earth based, but I, I didn't know. I really wanted to do. I, I had a inkling that this would be my last episode. Kind of as I was thinking about it, yeah. Uh, whether the show was going to get picked up or not, I wasn't sure whether I was going to come back. So, and I wanted to do something, uh, you know, in my ever, never-ending it seems quest to kind of flesh out McKay's character. I wanted to um, see him with his friends or old buddies before, because you know, I I always kind of picture him as a lonely guy, but that couldn't have been true forever. Mm-hmm. He must have had you know college buddies and stuff. And then just thinking about that, and then I was like, well, I don't want to do like a reunion, because, you know, we did that already in Bounty, and it was mm-hmm. such a great episode. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of shelved it. I didn't know necessarily what it was going to be. And then this whole thing came out where we had to do an episode about the environment. And we were like, well, how the f*** are we going to do that? I mean, we, we're on another planet, you know. Wait, there, there was a discussion about doing an episode about the environment? We had to do one. You had yeah. to? What do you mean? Yeah, all, all the NBC Universal shows last week had something to do with the environment. I'll be darned. Or so I'm told. I didn't watch them. It was Green Week at NBC Universal. The directive came down that if we could, could we do an episode about the environment or the environmental cause? And I, you know, came, you know, it kind of then the whole idea came together about well, uh, Joe was going to write one that was kind of very, very metaphorically about the environment, and then I came up with this thing which was. You know, a weather device that used the you know McKay Bridge to you know channel heat into another dimension and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know, work around thermal dynamics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, um, and so uh, so we say, well, look, okay, let's if we we'll do it on Earth, and then it will be an Earth-based episode, and we can do it about uh, the environment. And also, you know, I know people hate Earth episodes, but I don't. And not uh, everyone, Martin. Not everyone hates them. They're just no, so different. A lot of people do, and I, I'm, I understand it. You know, like people like the show they like, and you know, they they give us a lot of leeway, I think, to try new things. But but you know, historically, they haven't loved Earth shows. Uh, I, however, like them a great deal, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, I am under the employee. <laughs> 
So I get to do some that I like every now and again. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that I don't like them all. But um uh so uh so yeah, no, it was it was um so I, I did it with kind of a heavy heart. I was like, uh, it's gonna be a tough one to have people like. Plus I knew it was gonna be a really shippy episode. Okay. So um, you know, that was again strike two, I'm sure in the back of my head. I was like, Oh, all right. But um again, because I felt like it was gonna be my last uh, my last episode with, with McKay, I really wanted to 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 give him that uh that given that to have that relationship actually happen as opposed to us skate around it with innuendo and maybes you know mm-hmm. and because um, I don't think uh, Keller necessarily would do that I think mm-hmm. Keller is stronger than that and would not wait around for years on flirting and whispers I suppose you know well he needed, you know- to, cl- he needed to close before before she decided like well I've given him six months. Yeah, well, this is a woman who has done six years of medical school, who is yeah. obviously, to get herself to Atlantis, has fought for things that she wants. It does not make sense that she yeah. would not do the same when it came down to a relationship. You know, I know that, yeah, exactly. And 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 there is some hesitation, I think, between the, the Keller character. I mean, uh, why would Keller like him? But for Jewel and I, at least, it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, like, he's he's incredibly funny and smart. And uh, underneath it all, he's actually a really warm guy. You just mm-hmm. need to call him on his, his BS all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which, he... which I think she does. You know, also, I think what I tried to bring out in this episode, too, is that kind of sarcastic side of Keller, you know, because Jewel and David, they just sit there and make fun of everybody all day. And so I thought that's kind of what that, that you know, Keller-McKay uh, relationship is probably a little mm-hmm. bit about, too. Mm-hmm. So, so that, anyway, it all came together like that, and then... Uh, you know, with Bill Nye uh, uh, being really good friends with um, with Bob Picardo, yeah. You know, I knew I knew that he was interested in doing the show, and uh, and I really wanted to get Neil deGrasse Tyson uh-huh. because of uh, you know the trio reference. Yes. And uh, we you know we tried to get uh, Brian Green as well, but Brian Green was uh, was unavailable because I thought it'd be funny to have both of them there. I was wondering if you were going for Stephen Hawking. And you couldn't get him, well, so you just filmed his back. I, uh, yeah, I just uh, Stephen Hawking is, I think, you know, probably he lives in the UK. Yeah, you know, that's a bigger deal. <laughs> um, but uh, um, but it was, I mean, it was just you know, the, I'm a pretty big nerd, uh, uh, so it was a lot of fun to. I got to before I even wrote the script. Um, I went to New York and tried to, you know, went to the American Natural History Museum to convince. You know, Doctor Tyson to do it, and uh-huh. um, uh, you know, because I originally wanted him to be kind of side by side with him the whole way, like quite like Bill Nye is. Yeah, I but, was you wondering know, about he's that. Impor- you know, he's not that Bill Nye isn't important, but you know, Doctor Tyson actually runs, you know, the Hayden Planetarium and, and you know advises the presidents and whatnot. So yeah. I mean, he's busy, uh, and um, and he's not a professional actor. So he he was he was you know he he felt like he'd always wanted to do a cameo and this this was perfect. So that's that's where that came out of. And then okay. um and then Bill, you know, was just a delight from beginning to end and uh, uh you know, one of the one of the best things that, you know, has happened in the, the the five years that I've been on that show is, you know, the the friendship I've developed uh, uh, with Bill. So it was it was great. And then of course, you know, bringing in Dave Foley who, you know, 
is a superstar here in Canada and, and should you know <laughs> is is should be to a certain extent down in the states. He was of course on Kids of the Hall and yeah. News Radio, two of the best comedies. You know, one of the best comedies. Really, he owned the '90s basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so uh, um, uh, so that was great. And I thought he was excellent. And then even you know bringing in uh, Marshall Bell, who you know is one of those just spectacular character actors that has been in every movie ever. He's the funniest guy to have a t- you know talk about movies because if he wasn't in that movie, he was in a movie by everyone that made that movie. So I mean, you know, it was just a really fun. It felt it felt like a real odd field trip that we got to take. The whole crew, you know, had a great deal of fun. We were in this amazing high school, and we were just kind of away from it all. Uh, we were a long drive away from set, so we didn't. There wasn't a lot of not that there ever is, but there wasn't. You know. It felt like we were just doing our little, a little kind of side project uh, that that had uh, a bunch of Atlantis characters in it. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think that's the root of one of the bigger criticisms of the episode. Yeah, it, it, and certainly Darren brought the, Darren brought this up is that it's it felt like a a very very different show with mm-hmm. a couple of actors that we know in it. Um, well, I don't feel, I mean, like, tonally, I don't feel like it was that different from other episodes I've done on Stargate, quite honestly. I mean, that's, again, open to everyone's interpretation. Tonally, I don't think it's that different, but I do think it, you know, texturally, it feels very different just just by not being in Atlantis or, uh, you know, a forest. Mm-hmm. Right. How different do you think the episode would have been had the... Um the uh, request come not come down for a, a green week of uh, NBC Universal shows. I probably still would have done it on Earth, to be honest. Uh huh. I don't know if it would have been a weather device, but I probably, I probably would have still done it on Earth again, okay. so we could have had the Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse. Tyson. You know, bringing all of those people to Atlantis feels like a bit of a stretch, and also the whole, the, the whole kind of the MacGuffin of the episode was that he's going to watch a presentation that. And it turns out to be his science. That's something he would have realized way before. So, um, and and to a certain extent, the show is about McKay thematically. It's kind of about him being out of his element, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something you know that he really wanted is to mm-hmm. be that guy in front of the audience, mm-hmm. and you know. And by the end of the episode, I think he kind of realizes maybe that's not the most important thing in the world. That was one of the things for me. That I mean, I don't read spoilers. I don't, yeah. I don't care for them. I, I read the, the one-sentence log line. That's it. You know, yeah. I don't even watch the sci-fi channel preview. No, they give everything. Oh, they – ah, my yeah. word, yes. So coming in and watching this, uh, the second pass through it, I think I think it was, it dawned on me just how much this reveals about McKay. Yeah. You know? And that was one of the things about the episode that I think was very well achieved. You know, and, and I – and not, not to um, – go against what you're saying like you tried to steer away from bounty but it really did feel to me that it was some of the best aspects of, of bounty because this right. was a reunion of sorts not necessarily a high school well, reunion, no absolutely, absolutely but this is yeah this is his team and these are the people who we didn't even know that he knew what he yeah. i mean he was obviously in the same league with uh in terms of like how intelligent he is but we didn't know where he really came from all we knew is that he was working for area 51 he went off to russia so that really brought in a, a great deal of um of uh of backstory to that character and one of the one of the more interesting things that i and i brought this up in the podcast as well that i wasn't expecting uh is that mckay is always wrong 
when he analyzes uh, how someone is approaching him and how how people interact with him. But when it came down to the, his fellow scientists that he'd worked with before, he was exactly right. right. And I don't he, know that he's always wrong. Well, he, he misinterprets Shepard is, what Shepard people are better at that than he is. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he he just uh, he 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 thinks people are blowing him off or or not appreciating him as much, and they're like, no, that wasn't right. that wasn't at all. But right, right, he, right. And Jennifer's and Jennifer was like, you know, he's uh, uh, what's his face? His character, uh, M- Malcolm's uh, character. You know, he's got us a private jet, and you're like, McKay's yeah. like, you've got it all wrong. It certainly shows why he's not very trustful in person people. Exactly right, because in his playing field, he's right. He knows yeah. who he's dealing with, and they're all they're all so jealous of him. Well, they're jealous of him, but he's also, you know, like, you know, there, there used to be a guy in the Atlantis writing room who would always say, oh, yeah, I was just thinking that. You know what I mean? And we would make fun of him for that. Now, we didn't, we you know, we busted his chops, but, you know, we, we knew he wasn't a bad guy, and I think that's kind of how it is with with Neil and Bill, you know, they're basically saying, like, if that's not a good quality you have, you realize that, right? It's really annoying mm-hmm. every time someone says a good idea, and you're like, I was just thinking that. Thank you for bringing in Bill Nye. I mean, I, I grew up with the man, and when I when I saw right. that he was going to be in the episode, I was like, please tell me he's playing himself, and by golly, he was. Yeah. You know, did, did, he do was you, such a sport about it, too. You know? Oh, my, that's one of the things that I want to ask you, you know, because these are real-life people who you're bringing yeah. in, and did either of them or any of them come to you and saying, is this really how you perceive me? Do I, is this how I look to people? I don't act like that. <laughs> no, well, I mean, they knew they were playing a heightened, caricaturized version of themselves. Okay. You know, obviously, okay. Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson are more than that scene, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, no, they, I mean, you know, uh, Neil had uh, a couple of, the only suggestions he had was just ones that were closer, just some wording to make it closer to his natural cadence. Okay. And, you know, which is, you know, as I always accommodate for whomever, any any actor. Mm-hmm. And um, and and Bill, you know, uh, I, I had known a lot about Bill, but, you know, Bill, Bill was like, you know, what if we said this year? I mean, Bill was just, Bill was, um, he comes from a kind of sketch comedy and improv yeah. background. Yeah, he is. And so, you know, was, was uh, uh, back on the days on Almost Live, you know, he, so he was, he was willing to, you know, he was really just throwing stuff in and was, was very patient with me, you know, because... You know, the great thing about that, you want everyone saying that, but they've got to understand that you're going to say no eight times out of ten. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the, some of the great stuff in there was, was what he came up with or, or changed. But, but, you know, no, I, I certainly don't, they didn't come up to me and were like, you got me wrong. Okay. In fact, a lot of the times Bill and I would do something and I'd go up to him and I was like, I don't think Bill and I would do that. <laughs> I think that Bill was and I would play th- that differently. You know that when he's talking about the Plutoids, you know, I could see Bill in his lab coat on the show. You know, it's cool. Yep. It's science. You know, that yeah, yeah. was captured no, perfectly. Great. That was his line. Oh, that was his. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were both incredibly gracious. You know, with the science too. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh yeah. Uh, they both. They both really. Well, they were both like, "This is not a bad idea." They were like, "This would work." Yeah. They were like, "It's it's the the." Some of the mechanics are science fiction, but in the principle, in theory, is actually quite fun. Well, that's a and tip of the hat. No, it was that was, it was great, man. Because I, when I went to New York to talk to um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm-hmm. it was like uh, uh, he had not really seen the show. So I, I spent, you know, I was like, "This is going to be great." I'm going to ask him all these science questions, but I spent most of the time uh, asking him. Uh, 
or trying to explain Stargate science to him, mm-hmm. you know, which is, trust me, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you'd go like, um, well, you know, it's uh, basically the Stargate is, uh, uh, creates artificial wormholes. Those don't exist. No, I, I know, but if they did, it creates artificial wormholes, and it dials gates within our galaxy, and then you can go to those planets. And he's like, habitable planets within our galaxy? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, no, that's impossible. And I'm like, no, I know it's impossible, but... Um, it's a but show, then, Get over. Yeah, it's a show. And then, you know, it's like they have similar, uh, uh, you know, environments and ecosystems, and then we get there, and he's like, wait, sorry, there's people on them? There's people on these planets? I was like, yes. And also, they speak English. But uh, let's try to get past all that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do the show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like, "Okay, okay, fine, fine." Yeah. Well, you know, I think, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty critical of the episode when I, when I first saw it, and the second time I watched it, it was, it really was better. You know, the whole like freeze lightning thing sounds like explosive tumors to me. You know, but uh, I love me I, my I, wacky science things. You know, but <laughs> I, but I, I, you know, there's a whole line in there about how freeze lightning is a terrible name. You know, like yeah, uh, exactly. Like it, it is, you know. It, it. I, I remember uh, when we were shooting the scene where uh, the guy got frozen. Yes. What Michael happened? Bun- Did he live or die? Oh no, I'm sure he's fine. Okay. Um, he probably died. <laughs> uh, but Michael Blandell came up and was like, "He should drop his glass, smash." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know. It's pretty broad, man." And he just looked at me, and I was like, "You're right. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about." doing a show with freeze lightning hey drop the glass when you get frozen yeah exactly <laughs> you know like if you're gonna you know well my point schindler's list here yeah well i, I think my, my point is that that i think over the years i, I think i'm gonna enjoy it much more you know because because this was your big directorial debut i loved ypf you know and this right. and so it was like okay here we go i've been counting i've been xing out the days until this one and whoa okay then next one no it was good it was good yeah no no i understand listen it, and I think there's a there's an undue pressure on it as well because a lot of people are like these are the only episodes of Atlantis we have left. Yeah, yeah. So they all and better be damn good, right? They all better be great and better be pure Atlantis and blah blah blah. But you know, I, I think what's been so great about our audience is is that they allow us to do these kind of you know left field shows every now and again, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of what's made the series full. And at the end of the day, you know, for me at least. When I look back on, on shows that I love, those were always my favorite episodes, even if they weren't right away. And again, you know, for me, you know, just to speak, you know, very personally, is, you know, this show has been, you know, a, a huge part of my life. This is, you know, the longest story I've ever been a part of telling. Uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, the, the, by coincidence, the last scene that we shot was, you know, when, when Kelly tells McKay that she loves him and kind of echoes back those, those words from the shrine. Yeah. And um, uh, and the last shot I did, you know, really my last professional obligation on the show uh, uh, was shooting David's coverage of hearing that, that Keller loved him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it struck me for a moment, I got very emotional, because by that point, everyone knew that the show was over, and, and, and um, uh, this was my last little bit. They had to go off and make another five shows, but... Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I realize, you know, he kind of reacts and, and, and just doesn't know what to, to say and just kind of softens in a way. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, that certainly isn't my character, but it's a character I feel kind of uh, has been my alter ego within the mm-hmm. series, certainly, I think. Oh, is, is, you and Rodney have been very close. You know? Yes, we've you been very close. And, uh, and, I, and for me, this episode brings closure to the series for that character. Mm-hmm. In the sense that 
that's really all he's wanted for five years. Mm-hmm. For someone to say, I love you and mean it. That's really all we want. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his uh, narcissism and arrogance and uh, uh, um, general unpleasantness has really come from the fact that he's never really truly been unconditionally loved in that mm-hmm. way. And, um, um, uh, and so it was a really kind of, I kind of had a closure moment with that character. I was like, okay, I've left you, we've left you a, a better character than you were when we started. That's and, exactly right. And um, He's grown uh, up a little bit. Yeah, and uh, in, a, in a really great and positive way, in a way that I think, you know, in his imaginary life after the show, he's going to be a lot happier. And um, uh, I really think, you know, for me, that was that was a great last show. So although kind of atypical and certainly not designed in any way to be, you know, a fan favorite like, you know, First Contact and Lost Rod, it's a very different personal episode that, that uh, uh, holds a lot of value for me uh, uh, for just sentimental reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, this is only the second time in Star. I may I may be wrong. Um, that this is only the second time in Stargate history that that two main cast members have openly expressed intimate feelings for one another. You had Jack O'Neill and Sam, and then you have these two, Rodney right. and Keller. Um, did this happen because you guys knew Atlantis was concluding, or did you specifically want these characters to grow in this way? Because it's kind of a risk. I mean, the whole fan, the whole fan fiction people are like, leave the fanfic, the the romance and everything as very suggestive so we can play with that. You know, where, where did this right. come from? Well, I don't think we should leave all of the fun to the fanfic people. Certainly, mm-hmm. some of us some of us on the on the show need to have some fun as well. Uh, I, you know, look, I, for me, you know, I've said this, you know, probably to you personally a thousand times over the five years. To me, it's about the characters and who those characters love and love back is is a big uh, part of that. Uh, to me, it's a big part of who we all are. And uh, and to say that that doesn't have a place on a on a character based show, I I I take issue with that. Mm-hmm. And. I'm... and uh, Certainly, you don't want to turn it into a, you know, you don't want to have them all dating each other. Yeah, it's you know? not as the Stargate turns. No, 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 no. I mean, it's not, they're not, you know, we played around in the little love triangle that, of course, was never going to go Keller Ronan. I mean, they're not right for each other, those two. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, um, you know, well, I don't want to give too much away, but... Um, uh, well, no, hint. I mean, you know, you in, in, in Prodigal, there, there, you know, he needs someone like Amelia, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got a little heat there with Amelia, and yeah. that makes sense, you know, the whole kickboxing thing. She's tough. Yeah, she's tough. Not that Keller's not tough, but, you know, in different ways. Yeah. And so, no, it just, those two have always made a lot of sense to me, and um, uh, I've been trying to get them together since Trio, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, laying the groundwork. I'm going to take your guys' side for a minute here. I don't understand this open hatred of the Keller character that has come from so much of the fandom. Yep. Certainly, certainly, Gate World. I, I mean, I, I cringe yep. when when Jewel uh, comes to our website, and I'll openly say this: she's not my favorite character, but I like right. her. You know, yep. I don't understand where this resentment is coming from. You know, I, I do. You think, I think it's, it's pretty you, clear, man. You think it's I mean, Beckett? You know, oh, yeah. You think yeah, it's, that's all it? I think it's a lot it. Well, besides Rodney, Beckett was my favorite character on the show. I loved Beckett, 
And I yeah. I don't begrudge Jewel's character nor Jewel herself for for that. That's not her decision. You know, she's coming in and she's playing what um what No, uh, and she's... it's a weird thing because I mean Jewel and I have, you know, obviously talked about it and yeah. you know, she always finds it weird cuz she's like cause people love Jewel. Oh yeah. You know? I mean they've people been over backwards Jewel. for for that poor engineer on Firefly. You know, she she is sci-fi royalty after yeah. Firefly. You know, like going you know, like me and her hanging out at Comic-Con is like, you know, like hanging around with Angelina Jolie. Oh, I mean, I like know. it is she's nuts. Great. But um um so there's she gets really angry because people keep coming up to her and being like, I wish they'd just write you better. And uh, she's like, I really like Keller. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop saying that. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I mean, because there is that weird thing, because it's not like they don't like Jewel. Mm-hmm. They just don't like the character. Yeah. And I, I don't understand that, because I think the character is really likable. I remember missing last year. You know, yeah. and being really open-minded about the fact that okay, we've got a gal coming in here who is yeah. is obviously Taylor's opposite. You know, hates eating the stuff that that Taylor catches for and all that stuff. Yeah. And at that point, I thought that um, that uh, the show could. Uh, I, I was willing to accept the fact that the show might need a little bit of innocence. You know, and I mm. and I enjoyed it, but uh, still, you know, I'm she's not my favorite. Let me put it that way. No, no, that's, but I, unless, I, that's fair. I just feel like people never gave her a fair shake, and that's yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, like, at the end of the day, you know, it's a, it's a really difficult thing because, you know, dealing with f- fandom to a certain mm-hmm. extent because it's really hard to know. It's really hard to distill, you know, because I, you know, when the show first started, I was on the message boards a lot. Yeah. And because I, well, I read them a lot because I thought it would be helpful. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it is. Uh, uh, and I certainly, uh, listen, you know, heaven forbid I start a firestorm here. Yeah. I, I think they are well within their rights to say whatever they want. That's mm-hmm. the great thing about the Internet and mm-hmm. interacting that way. Mm-hmm. But my feeling is, um, you know, that there are, and I'm not talking about Keller in specific, I just mean in general, the negative votes tend to be more vocal towards whatever issue it is. Mm-hmm. Than the positive votes because the positive votes on a certain just get tired. Like you get those exhausted posts where people are just like, "Stop watching the show if you hate it so much." Yeah, you know, like that's that's yeah. what I don't really understand. Like, because uh, there is there is such vitriol and hatred on that board. Yeah, uh, and I don't get it. Like I I really you know. I don't understand why they watch every week. They're well, like, oh, they did it again. Well, people you know? are vocal about about what they want changed and keep their mouths shut about what they love, you know? So if it's that, if they're pecking at that one issue over and over and over again, if it's that one issue, then everything else by and large must be pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, exactly. It's, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I've been painted a lot of times in interviews that are not, you know, with gay world or whomever, you know, or when people say, God, he's so arrogant and doesn't listen to the fans anymore. Not that I don't listen. I just don't know. I can't, I don't know a way to do, listen effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, we have millions of fans around the world and I, I, I don't feel like certain pockets of, I don't know that they are represented on those message boards. Mm-hmm. Those 10 million fans, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know how to distill what they're saying down to making something work better or not work better. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you know, and this is not an arrogance thing, it's a necessity thing, you know, we the writers have to make the show that we, as a fan, would want to see. 
and uh, and hope you know that that's that's the show that that uh, that they want to make. You know, like um, we think very highly of our fans, and and that's that's why you know I think it's okay to challenge them every now and again with an episode that we're not a hundred percent sure they they will like. You know, that's. That's a great gift that they've been able to give us is to, to, to take risks. And, you know, I think moving on to the, this next show, you know, I, 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 you know, having been on Atlantis, you know, when Atlantis launched, everyone, no one was particularly that excited about Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And now no one is particularly that excited about us, you know, Stargate Universe. Um, but, you know, having worked on the show now for uh, a couple of months and, mm-hmm. and, and sitting in that room and figuring out what the, those first kind of ten stories are going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to see Atlantis go maybe more than anyone. I really thought we had some neat ideas on where to take it in season six. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, if we can get the cast right on Universe, this has a chance of, of being as good, if not better, than, than, than both of the shows. It's a, it's a, it's a much more character-based show without sabotaging what I think has made the franchise so successful. I think the, the, the reason the show has been so successful is that, you know, we're, we love the show. We love, I mean, we have to watch, we watch the show more than most people, you know? I would never say more than you, David. I would never say more than you. I would say more than most, you know? We have to sit there and watch that show, you know, Five or six times before it it makes it to to air. You know, we have to watch those special effect shots yeah. dozens of times before you know they are approved. We have to we read you know four or five versions of every script and and uh, you know mixes upon mixes and cuts upon cuts. If we're not passionate for the show that we're making, then it's difficult. So yeah. uh, you know, I I certainly I don't take offense to someone saying you know I hate Martin Garrow scripts. They're the worst. That's fair. I, you're probably right for you, you know. Yeah. But I, I like Martin Gale scripts. I'm yeah. a big fan of them. I like Carl Binder scripts a lot. I like Bob Cooper, Joe Malazzi, you know, Alan McCullough, Brad Wright, all the way down, you know, everybody, Paul and Joe. Did I name everyone? Phew. And uh, you know, I, I like our, our, I like the show that we make. I think 99% of fans <laughs> like the show, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is kind of a crazy thing to say. And there's. There's a very vocal one percent that, that that don't, and maybe my math is way off, but I mean like our ratings are not that different all the time. Yeah, you know, so it's yeah. not like, you know, in a Keller episode, for instance, doesn't, you know, the ratings don't suddenly drop fifty percent. Yeah, they're dropping across the board, but it's not because of Keller. <laughs> no, exactly. But that's just that's just the the that's just television. You told me that that the uh, the evil Asgard were going to get a name, and and it didn't make the cut. And so we're all asking ourselves, what the yeah. hell are they called? Uh, the evil Asgard are not going to get a name, unfortunately. I don't remember saying that they were going to have a name. To be honest. Oh, okay. Because I remember that I I've bet a long time ago that it was going to be veneer a lot of people on the on the uh web pages were thinking the same thing but that's too bad because i don't like evil asgard <laughs> okay well you sure the veneer name whatever you're done so you're helping to spin stories for stargate universe is there a is there a sense of invigoration on the team how how different are the stories from past seasons and series of stargate you know the basic premise of the show um yeah. you know it's it is I mean, imagine Atlantis, you know, without having any trading partners in that first year, you know, without having the Athosians, mm-hmm. uh, without even having the race necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, um, 
it is a, I think, a truly interesting construct uh, that I have not seen uh, yet as a continuing series, and uh, um, uh, it's certainly really good sci-fi. And I mean, you know, again, yeah, you know, those character breakdowns are the. the Ah, well, listen, I'm going to get carried away because I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to give away stuff that I, I'm not supposed to. So well, it, it's just, it's a really, it's taking the franchise in what I think is an applaudable direction and um, is going to allow for Stargate stories to be told in a whole new way. Okay. Please tell me that this is not Battlestar Galactica meets Lost. No, I don't think it's that at all. I mean, we're incapable of doing those shows. You know, it's going to have a a texture that is familiar uh, and welcome to fans. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's a it's a Stargate show. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like Stargate, you're going to like this. I mean, does the Destiny have a gate? Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Good. At the center of the ship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it plays a critical role. It, it's just, uh, yeah, man, I'd love to tell you, but it's uh, you're gonna have to wait and tune in. It, it's a really, uh, it's a really, it's a really, really exciting show, and uh, uh, I, I can't wait to start talking publicly about some of the cast that I think we might get. So I mean, it's, a, it's a. It's it's definitely going to be a show that I think new viewers will find really easy to come into, and uh, old viewers will will feel like mm-hmm. they're home again. Mm-hmm. Have you f- uh, not? I mean, just a yes or no. Have you found your lead? Uh, it's really tough to say because I don't believe there is one. Okay, I, I'm talking the, for for the the lead. Uh, I I know that you guys were wanting to get a name actor. Have you found the name actor that you want? Uh, we're in talks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, That's uh, fair. Uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's very much an ensemble show. Okay. That's great. It's and very much an ensemble show. More, more than I think any Stargate has been. Okay. Are the Chevrons purple? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think they are. <laughs> you do or That's you don't question. think they are. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, the, the, the gate dials in an awesome place. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Cool. What has been the secret of your success? You know, how did you go from Starbucks to Stargate? You know, what was it? What What was the What was that 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 did it? Was it a look at from an agent who said, you know, you've got the right stuff? Or how for for people who are trying to get into this biz? I mean, the problem is with these agents, those questions that I get asked them when I go to schools and stuff like that. Like, how do I do that? Uh-huh. How do I do what you do? And unfortunately, it's a thousand little things. You know, like it's not like eat ketchup every day. Uh, if it was, that'd be awesome, because all I would have to do is to eat ketchup all the time and be <laughs> at some level of, 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 of employment opportunity. But uh, I don't know. I've just been incredibly lucky. Uh, I have a, you know, as a writer, I'm pretty quick. And, uh, and you know, you just, this is a show that I think uh, benefited from, uh, you know, the the other writers felt like my sensibilities could help you know mm-hmm. and help with the show and and jive with the show in the right way I, I I really don't know I know it's an ensemble writing staff I know that but I know I know some of your ideas and and I've heard you speak and I, I know your cadence and I think I think the show has received a little bit of humor that wouldn't have been there without it 
Well, that's very kind of you to say. Uh, 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 I, I don't know if I agree, but this, again, <laughs> I, I'll take it. I'll take the compliment. Wormhole disengaged.